Hey everyone, I'm Jamie. And I'm Andrea, or as most people call me, Anj. And this is Trendish. We'll be covering relationships, faith, leadership, health, and everything in between. I'll definitely troll. And I'll probably cry. And we're so glad you're here to witness the whole thing. Thanks for joining us. Let's dive in. How you doing, Anj? I'm making it. Yeah? Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? Doing great. I feel like 2020 is the best. Good. Really 2021? Good. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> Gus trying to redeem your 2020 there. New year, new me, but new year, same trendish. Uh-huh. That's my motto. Yeah. So. Same same trendish? Yeah. I don't know. I think we would evolve, change. I will say, um, I recently created some guides. Yeah, I saw that. On Instagram, I am... It might be the best thing I ever did. Yeah. If you're looking for recommendations um, related to books, TV, or music, you can go there. I've linked a lot of videos, trailers, songs, artists, and it just is a lot easier to find that stuff as opposed to, like, trying to remember even what highlights. we said yeah, it's even, on a Yeah, it's even episode. easier. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I am very excited about our guest today. <laughs> Someone I, think we've, the, I think the people are, too. <laughs> someone we've been friends with for a minute. Probably, like, eight years. She was my um, missions leader in this college. This is so funny. Her, if her name's not already on the podcast <laughs> and you want to guess it. <laughs> we have no other, none other, than none other. Nicole Jurgen, formerly known as Nicole Reed. That's right. <laughs> Sometimes I still say... I love the Reed girls, because I just... Well, I am still a Reed girl. I know. You'll always be. Always by heart. So shout out to NatCat56 and Anna. <laughs> and the Anna. other The <laughs> other Reed <laughs> girls. That's awesome. Nicole. Nicole, thanks for coming into town just for this. Oh, of course. Just for us. Clear out my schedule for Trendish. You don't have family here or anything else. <laughs> Do you want to kind of share just a little bit of who you are, and we'll fill in the gaps of where you, you know, leave things out? Sure. So the first thing that comes to mind is my new line this year is I've been 27 my whole life. I turned 27 in the July and I was like, <laughs> I have, this is how I've felt my whole life. Mm-hmm. Is 27. Is 27. Yeah. That's, I just always yeah. was like wanting the next thing or like, yeah. you know, as a young child, can't wait to be a teenager. As a teenager, can't wait to go to college. College, can't wait to be an adult. And now I'm an adult, and I'm married, mm-hmm. and I have a career, and I'm like, I could just stay right here. It's kind of like the 13 going on 30. Yeah. But, like, you're at, well, we'll call it 27. Right. And you're at 27. Exactly. I feel that, too. I feel like I've been 30 for four years, and I'm not 30 yet. I feel yeah. like you've been 30 for four years. <laughs> yeah. That's because you've been I think that I'm is accurate. 30. I think I thought you were every year. Oh, surely this is her 30th. <laughs> I don't Obviously, know if I should be offended by that, or do you just think I'm wise? I'm right this year. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be on You think point. I'm wise, or you just think I'm, like, old? I just knew you're older than me. Okay, so you so I guess eight years? Just, <laughs> I guess I just, I don't know. I can't explain it. Uh-huh. I can't explain it. Yeah. Okay, so this is good. Nicole, what are your, um, just, you know, I think the people, it's helpful to put some context. Mm-hmm. What are some of your personality, I don't know, tests, results, Enneagram. Who's Nicole? Who is Nicole? So, Enneagram, one wing, two. Love it. Although, I kind of liked Sam last time breaking the rules saying he's both wing two and wing nine. You are. You are. Because I felt that a little bit. No, you are. You are. (laughs) And the goal for the Enneagram actually is to, like, be able to balance both both wings. Like, to be able to be an equilibrium. Mm -hmm. Golden eagles. Go golden eagles. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, are you alum? Oh, yeah. Oh, are you alum? That's a good transition. Mm -hmm. Um, Myself and my family could be oh, are you poster children. We love love it. We loved our time there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I live now in Kansas City, and I love it. I'm a proud Kansas Cityan. I'm obsessed with Patrick Mahomes and Brittany Lynn at Brittany mm. Lynn. You know, uh, we were texting. It's a weird feeling. It's like obvious. It's just sad, but yeah. also we know we have Patrick for a long time, yeah. so Absolutely. we really do have next year. Yeah, I mean, and the year after that, and the year after that, and the year. That's after what that. I was just about to Nobody say. Nobody else is allowed in the Super Bowl. Well, they just won't make it. Right, right, right. I am a Mahomes fan. He's been on my fantasy league yeah. for the last two years. So. Yeah. It was really unfortunate because I feel like overall they had a better season just overall, and the last game just mm-hmm. didn't. I just need Tom Brady to go. Cool. It was painful. 
It wasn't even that. I think no matter who they were against, it just would have been pain. Like, they just mm-hmm. weren't playing. I mean, he was doing all he could, I yeah. felt, but... I Bad mean, toe. His receivers weren't catching mm-hmm. the accidents. I'm gonna be honest, that. I didn't watch it, so yeah, I don't know. have a lot to contribute. So <laughs> I'll take I'll take your word for it. Nicole and I will go off air at a different point in <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah. All you need to YouTube know channel. is the only points we put on the board were field goals. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that is sad. Yeah, so, and, and I, it's the Chiefs. And I also heard that the halftime show was pretty blah too. I mean, it I took a shower. Interesting. During it. Yeah, you took a shower during. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the first, like, two minutes, and I was like, yeah, okay. That was a good time to show. I heard good feedback that, like, what did you expect? You asked the weekend. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He, that is who he is. No, I totally agree. So. It was what I expected. So that's yeah. why I took a shower. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Love it. So what do you do, Nicole? So I currently work at a event and marketing. Well, we're an experience company. So okay. events people think a certain thing so we like to think broader and experiences but we're mainly events and event marketing cool mm-hmm. it's like me trying to give my pitch about yeah what I do. oh i know <laughs> you have it down i need to take some of your words i need to get better at saying what i do too because yeah. i just stumble and did you get that elevator speech from communications nicole and i were also oh, communications yeah, right. majors together you, mm-hmm. fun facts yeah both we apparently did a lot together you we did. did i could have introed her Mm-hmm. You want to? <laughs> no. We've <laughs> already done it. <laughs> yeah. We did. We had quite a few classes together, too. So it was we, a fun time. We all worked together in undergrad, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of other... Well, Nicole had to be bougie and graduate a semester early. Yeah, she did. Yeah. So but I only worked stayed. with her in the office for half. I did stay. But not in the office. No. That's true. Yeah. But... The year before that, did you not work? In- okay, that's I right. last year. But you did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a lot of life experience mm-hmm. together. We're still together after all these years. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're so old, past yeah. our 30s, you know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Super old. Uh, I do feel like I need to apologize to you, Nicole, because I know that you want us to be Marco Polo people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I at least you know, downloaded I'm it. I at least It's okay. Too. I'm just trying to be a, I'm trying to be a good communicator is all. So, and I'm not, it's okay. We have great, we still have to hit our best text message for the TikTok trend where it like reads it out loud, yeah, yeah. but we're good texters. So we still, we, we stayed close that way. It's all right. I feel like I've not been contributing to the group text as much lately because it's we usually been just, during just lately. It's okay. Um, lately you or that's like a normal. You, is it normal? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We know, we know your heart. It's okay. (laughs) Her wing nine just came out. (laughs) Well, usually I'm like asleep when you guys go crazy on there. Okay, see, see, did you see all the excuses? It's during work. I'm asleep. I'm eating. I was breathing. I was yawning. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, those are the best hours. Or like maybe like yeah, like six to five. I would say five is too early. If you want to text me at like six a.m., I'm I'm ready. No, no, I'm there. I won't. I won't. Mm-mm. Okay. Okay. You neither. Well, like we were saying, we've lived clearly a lot of life mm-hmm. and still thankfully are. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot of different things we appreciate about Nicole that I think we want to talk about today. Um, but where do we want to jump in first? Well, I think something I've appreciated about you, Nicole, is like you have been on a journey in your, I guess, spirituality and walk with the Lord. And I think all three of us could say who we were. <laughs> As a junior in college is, like, not who we are anymore. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you've done a lot of that growth kind of offline where some people are very public about mm. their journey. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I would just love to hear That's good. kind yeah. of where that has taken you, kind of who did you see yourself being in college and in what ways do you feel like you've evolved into, like, I don't know, a more mature person mm-hmm. just because that obviously comes with age. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting because I probably wasn't public about the journey because I didn't even realize it was happening. Mm-hmm. Like I, mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, some things you do know, like, okay, I'm man, like I'm really growing in this or I'm dealing with that. And I think I was just taking it as it comes, like as life changes and mm-hmm. figuring out like, okay, I'm not in college anymore. 
I'm not forced to go to chapel. Well, I shouldn't say forced because we all know I wanted to be there, but yeah. I'm not, there's not a regimented schedule for me that I'm in worship at a minimum of two times a week, mm-hmm. corporate worship twice a week. I'm not in a job where we pray at the end of meetings. Yeah. I'm not, my <laughs> boss isn't mentoring me not only in profession, but also in spiritual, you know, so mm-hmm. that having that like, okay, I'm not there anymore. And then also being in a serious relationship after college that eventually turned into a marriage. And so there was just things where naturally I had to be like, okay, this is new. Mm -hmm. What does this look like in my relationship and walk with Christ? And I think really it was just a willingness to feel it out Mm -hmm. and like let it happen. And like truly, like I always really appreciate messages and reminders about walking with the Lord Mm -hmm. and the scripture that talks about the people in the Bible who walked with God. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a lot of just that. Like, I didn't set out to do any of those. I wasn't thinking too hard about it, I guess. It's not like you... It feels really on brand for you. Yeah. I just don't think you overthink a lot of things. Yeah. I'm, like, never not aware of the process. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, like, thrive in the process. Yeah. Even if I'm dying inside. Which is... I sometimes... I kind of even feel like that's a dichotomy within myself because I am very like I want to get to like I'm I want things to be purposeful and I want to get to a point and I'm very direct and things like that but at the same time I I desire simplicity and like I try to especially I think that is something that I've developed through a professional career is like doing things the best way but also not complicating them Mm -hmm. yeah oh amen Mm-hmm. I don't like that one. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, Nicole, for people who wouldn't know you, like they're like, I sure. don't know who this Nicole girl is. Can you just give us a taste of who who was Nicole? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could give you a taste, Jamie could give you a taste. Yeah. I'd love sure. to hear her perspective. Sure. Like who was Nicole in her I don't early twenties, yeah. like college years? Yeah. How would you describe yourself? I mean, I think yourself, even in like high school, I feel like it starts in high school. Like I was totally the like youth group girl like very involved in church I like to think I wasn't like nerdy at the same time but maybe I was (laughs) um your sisters will confirm or deny yeah yeah yeah, exactly um just like worship team and youth group and church camp and everything with that group of people um and I also like really became zealous in my faith during that time and like bold and inviting friends to church and like I just was really I would say more like outwardly passionate mm-hmm. and fiery in my faith and then Fire, you're fiery all around yeah <laughs> That's okay yeah. not <laughs> just in your faith like you are fire in the best way thank you um and then in college it was just like this amazing like heaven for me because everyone it felt like everyone was like that yeah and going to a place like oh are you on just laughing because she's like look you didn't was know not like that. that everyone wasn't like that Nicole. Um, ran with a different crowd. but it was just so like that was so life-giving to me mm-hmm. to be with other people who were also like that and have that fostered in me and then I mean we joked that I was the ORU poster child so I just did all the things yeah. like if I could if it was something I could be a part of to grow and learn and be with, I don't know, like organized groups of people, like yeah. I was there. Yeah. For those who don't know ORU, they love like leadership and mm-hmm. leadership positions and titles, development, and development. all good, yeah. great, good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, you probably did all of it. Yeah. RA. Mm-hmm. Missions. Missions. Like, it just, I, everything. Order of the Golden Eagle. Oh, yeah. I feel like there I should be, like, a hand one. motion for yes. that one. Tie <laughs> it, that one, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, all the things. So, what was, I'm actually curious, because I don't even know if we've, like, talked enough about this. Maybe it was, like, simple enough for you that you didn't overthink it, but how was that process for you leaving a place like that where you finally were surrounded by what you felt like were people who, mm-hmm. you know, thought the same and not totally the same, but similar mm-hmm you know, on fire for the same things you were. Um, what was, I think a lot of people use the term post-grad. Yeah. What was that season like for you? Yeah. And if I can ask a pre-question to that, like, did you feel that coming? Yeah. So I, it's funny you said that because that was going to be the first part of how I answered that is I do feel like even though ORU people sometimes talk about the bubble and the environment that you're in and it being kind of this not real picture of, mm-hmm. of life, I do feel like it, 
I heard enough from leaders or chapel or whatever, sure. like, it's this is it's not going to be like this when you all start mm-hmm. your job. And, but in a sense, I feel like it was almost trying to prepare us for some type of culture shock mm-hmm. leaving. And I don't know that I quite experienced that. But yeah. I think because it was, I like, that landed with me of like, okay, it's going to be different or it's going to be this scary yeah. thing. Like, I went in with my eyes wide open, I guess. Well, maybe that's not the right phrase. But just like, I went in kind of ready or like scanning Aware. the scene, uh-huh. like not... I don't know, on guard mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. And then when I got there, there being post-grad and co- like first job, I think I was pleasantly, and I've been fortunate to work with like super amazing people that yeah. I've enjoyed for the five years I've been at my company. Um, but I think I was just really excited that no, not everyone I worked with were people who went to a, a Pentecostal Christian University but they were like good people that I enjoyed and it wasn't like I had to be on this like defense spiritually and so that was cool but then also figuring out how can I like stay true to who I am but also be the in the world and not of it type of thing I think that was the main thing like okay this is now the world that I'm in so what does it look like for me to be in it and not of it Mm -hmm. um so that was probably like the first phase I guess in becoming a professional after college so what has it looked like um what did you find (laughs) I think it has looked like being open I guess like there's certain things especially at ORU where not only is it Christian but there's a lot of rules about what it looks like to have a disciplined lifestyle or there's this picture painted of what mm-hmm. it looks like and you're a pretty disciplined person already yeah I was just about to say yeah. Nicole is a rule follower yeah I'm a rule follower for sure it goes with the one thing for yeah. sure yeah <laughs> so realizing that those are good practices and I still want wanted to upkeep some of them but they weren't all necessary to still living to still walking with God Right. Mm-hmm. And so I guess what I mean by that is like being okay with certain professional environments that might have been uncomfortable to me a year prior or now six years prior, you know, different or even conversation that people have that's shocking in amongst professionals um, or, you know, what have you. And just realizing like I can be around this and still build relationships with people yeah. without also trash talking somebody or getting Mm -hmm. drunk at the evening reception and all of those types of behaviors but still making a choice to build relationships with those people and not like be uncomfortable yeah what are a few ways that you've found are helpful to build those relationships I'm only asking because I I feel like I've gotten these questions a lot of like so I'm not like in depression some people are I'm not like in depression post-grad but I am trying to figure out kind of all the things you're saying Mm -hmm. like how do I How do you grow your circle? How do you grow your circle? How do you grow those relationships? I mean, I think Jamie and I and you two are people who we we don't want the same people who think like us around Mm -hmm. us all the time. And I think diversity is good. But how have you like built that? Yeah. Well, and I think to clarify, like, I don't recommend intentionally putting yourself in the situations I just described. Like those are situations I was in because of work. Sure. Like Mm -hmm. my my job entailed hosting dinner parties or being around people who I didn't have the choice to be around. (laughs) And if so, the behavior I was talking about, I don't know that we should like look for that to hang out those types of people, but that is what you are going to find. And what I think people at ORU were trying to warn students Mm -hmm. about that, like, this is, this is the real world. Mm -hmm. But I think in terms of how to build those relationships, I think in the work context, when you're in those situations, it's, just being willing to love those people as simple Mm -hmm. as it sounds. Um, And I always think of the kind of cliche, I guess, that if you know somebody's story, it's hard not to like them and love them Mm -hmm. and just being curious. And I've had the privilege in my job too that I travel with the people I work with and clients. And so you get to know people really well when you do that. And so even if somebody isn't living their life or doing something that I don't agree with, like I genuinely love them because mm-hmm. we're getting to know each other and, mm-hmm. and doing those, having those shared experiences. I think on the friendship side, I was really fortunate post-grad to live with a group of um, roommates who were all strong believers. So that was, I think that was pivotal that even though I was navigating 
in air quotes, the real world and having a job and all of that, I would come home to a really safe space. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, is also a strong believer. So like the people who I were in my inner circle mm-hmm. were people I trusted and that were supporting me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you feel like your upbringing and where, you know, like how your parents raised you and how you went through college, how do you feel like that prepared you for what you do now? Mm, That's a good question. Something I've thought about a lot over the last few years with growing in a career, and I feel like we've maybe talked about this, but I can't remember. And I don't mean to belittle hard work because it's important and I consider myself a hard worker, but I've had a lot lot of aha moments where I realized that a lot of being advanced or growing or being recognized I'm not this crazy, smart, overly talented person, but I just, I care and I try. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I think that like work ethic and since the, the do the right thing, I guess, do the right thing and not giving up. So like a kind of silly but impactful example is growing up and as my sisters and I were trying different sports or extracurricular activities, we were never allowed to quit halfway through like the season or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. If we decided we didn't like something, that's fine. My they my parents weren't going to force us to keep doing it, but we had to finish our commitments. So I guess follow through is mm-hmm. the lesson there. I would say ownership and responsibility. It yeah. Like. yeah, yeah, for sure. Responsibility for sure. Yeah. So I just feel like then how that's translated in a career is like I don't feel like I've been. I've had success because I'm that special. It's just because I've, like, tried hard and followed Mm -hmm. through. Mm -hmm. It's like the horse. Yeah. That's actually an interesting point, too. I find it interesting. You said you're still at the company that you started working for when you graduated college. Mm -hmm. So you've been there for five years. Mm -hmm. I remember when I had said something like I had been somewhere for five years, too. I got, like, the person I was talking to, she was just about to graduate college. She was like, okay, I can't do anything for five years. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, man... Like you're gonna have a wake up call. Then. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about like that. Like what has it? What has I think faithfulness is a world word that's trending right now. Not even in the Christian circle. Just like truly faithfulness to like the course to mm-hmm. you know fighting planted. for where you're yeah like where you're planted. Even like fighting for what you do want to do one day. Your dream faithfulness to your dreams. But like what has that looked like in a role mm-hmm. like this where you've really stayed in it for five mm-hmm. years? I don't know a lot of people even we've graduated with who mm-hmm. has stayed with one job um, for that long. Yeah. And especially right after college. Yeah. I think it's, and this is contrary to a lot of professional advice, but I think our generation, like we might've even been taught this, but a lot of us believe that we're owed something by our yeah. employer and that like, and so I just have, not bought into that (laughs) I guess and I've just always been grateful for the opportunity to be there Um, and I understand that there's a huge importance on knowing your value and being able to fight for what you need and there's that's like a whole nother rabbit trail we could go on and so I guess I'll say I'll give the disclaimer that I feel like I've also been I interestingly and fortunately work for a women a women-run company, so that's its uh-huh. own unique thing. Yeah, it's unique. Where I haven't... I know people who aren't in that situation, it's just different. Yeah. So, but I think back to the question, I've just always had the stance of, like, thinking like an owner, and mm-hmm. and that's a core value for our company that they want. It's ownership mindset is mm-hmm. something they want everyone to have. <laughs> Love that so much. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword because that means, you know, it it just is. But I really, that resonated with me as they taught that and instilled it. Yeah. So I just don't see it as that your employer owes you something. Like Mm -hmm. you're giving, you are offer, you're exchanging each other something. Yeah. What drew you to that company just right out of college? Uh, the fact that I was in Kansas City. <laughs> location? No, lo- location and, I, I mean, it's funny because, yeah, yeah, so Jared was, was, in yeah. Yeah. was in Kansas City, so it's funny because I never had said, even to myself, like, I want to be in events, 
but at the same time, it's what I had been doing. Yeah. Like I yeah, worked right. like throughout college. I worked. Um, actually, if I was in college right now, Jamie would have been my boss as a student worker. <laughs> I like that is in, so weird. Yeah, I worked yeah. in events for a year under, wow. under campus visits, and then uh, I worked in events at the missions office, and then I feel like. Just other things. Yeah, just you do event events. stuff. Yeah. Like, I just did a lot of event yeah. stuff. And then, yeah, and then um, one of our classmates re- had done an internship at the company I'm at, and so she recommended it to me, and it was in Wellington, or it was in Kansas City, and it seemed cool, and I was like, all right, this sounds like a good opportunity. I'm mm-hmm. going to go for it. Do you feel like you ever got the bug or the itch to leave before... I mean, like, halfway through or after a year, did you ever have that, like, I just, like, what else is out there? Honestly, no, and I think it's because, I know I keep qualifying this, which maybe isn't healthy, but the job is kind of sexy with the travel Mm -hmm. and the, like, events can be, especially in the first couple of years, like, I went places that I would have never been able to yeah, go. Yeah, you if honestly it for that did. job. Yeah. yeah, you were always like freaking Bora Bora or something. Right. Yeah. That's so, true. I mean, yeah, it had its like taxing moments, but it also it was very rewarding too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I don't know if Anj you felt this, but I feel like as a communications major, you were kind of set up to believe that you were lucky if you could get a job oh, and sure. if you made more than thirty thousand dollars a sure. year. Yeah. Which I think is kind of BS because I have to say out of all of my friends, I am I literally in I've been in very diverse jobs now and I've used my communications degree in every single yeah. one of them. Yeah. So that's it's like, like basic necessity. Like I mean I'm not saying it's basic for you to get that degree, but I just mean it's very But it is unfortunate everywhere. that I definitely was like the same like better pick the first job you right. get because who the heck cares about a communications right. degree? Yeah, <laughs> everyone. Uh, I yeah. want more of those. I will say I feel like now it would look a little bit better, but you just had to I feel like if you were in the major we were in, which I think we both could do this. You had to know the art of beefing your resume. Yeah. Like, I mean. Ooh, I hate that. It, which I do feel like we both did. Yeah. And really know, like, just the people. Like, you had mm-hmm. to have the people skills to get the job you wanted. And I do think that was told mm-hmm. to us, like, early on. Like, do you remember, were you in the class where we had to do, like, a network practice networking event? Where it was, I think like, so. <laughs> we had to, like, walk around the room and pretend to network. That is, like, my worst nightmare. <laughs> It wasn't, my favorite. it wasn't my favorite, but when I think about, like, these basic skills I'm, I learned just in college, it just, it kills me that I couldn't have, that I didn't think I could have gotten a better job than what I yeah. thought I would have, because it is skills that some professionals I even work with now, like, they never got honestly trained in that, yeah. or, like, even building a resume, like, John was a business major, and he's still, like, very simple business, or resume building practices, mm-hmm. I feel like we learned, mm-hmm. he was just like, oh. I just, like, wrote ten paragraphs for, yeah. like, I just thought that's what you do. <laughs> and there's been many a time where, I mean this humbly, but where I've gotten compliments of people, like, can you just have this conversation? You're so much better at addressing this. Articulate. Or, like, you're yeah. so, like, and and I always joke that's why I paid $100,000 to get a communications <laughs> degree. <laughs> Honestly, like, I feel that. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't mean to go here in the podcast, but we're... Just beefing up the communications. Yeah. Um, also, when we were there, it was like organizational communications yes. or something. So it was Which very. Which I found very valid. That was my favorite class. It, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, honestly, any communication class, I don't think there was one I didn't like. Training and development. Yeah. I love training and development. I still use training and development. You love training and development? Okay. It's just humbling because, you know, you literally have a degree in it, but people don't know that mm-hmm. you have a degree in yeah. that mm-hmm. stuff. Because communications can mean anything now. So you're not it's unfortunate. Hear, you're but. not going to hear me beef up the psychology degree. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, when you think about it, that. we sat there for four months just learning how to, like, build a training and development yeah. module. Like, it was gosh, great. I feel like I work with people who would, like, love an yeah. experience of, like, a class like yeah. that now. Mm-hmm. And so... I do think back to your question and thinking more about who the listener might be, like, I think in terms of did you feel like at any point questioning if that's where you wanted to be early on and everything, if you really hate something you know and you, that's not, if something is unhealthy and you are not enjoying it and all of those things, then who cares if it's only been a year or two months, like just leave and figure it out. Mm -hmm. 
But if you, I think for people who, again, it's back to entitlement. Like, just be yeah. honest with yourself. Like, are you actually unhappy and this isn't a good place for you? Or are you just entitled? Because if it's the latter, then I would encourage yeah. you to deal with it. Yeah. Get yourself in check. <laughs> I would encourage you to have an honest conversation with Nicole. And her communications <laughs> She'll walk you through it. Yeah. I think being honest with ourselves is the hardest part. We yeah. got a question recently, I think, at some point where it was like, when do you know it's time to transition out of a job or we talked about it in a Q&A mm-hmm. or something. And I literally, it's such a hard question to answer unless you are like sitting with that person and hearing all the details because I would say like 70% of it is your own personal like self-awareness and evaluation. Yeah. And if you can't truly honestly do that, like transitioning out of anything is hard. One Making of, a decision on anything is hard. One of Jared's favorite stories is about a guy he worked with who um, quit from the company Jared was at at the time and Jared asked him why he was leaving and he said I stopped having fun. Oh my <laughs> and it it sounds silly but that really like Jared always brings that up and it's like and no, is work like invigorating and exciting every day? No. But if you think about it, I think most of us could say in some way shape or form we do have fun on a daily basis. Well, you should be getting some energy from it. Yeah. And if you're not, like, yeah. that sounds terrible. True. Right. I guess it depends on how you define fun. Yeah. Like, I've never heard Jonathan Woman say his job's fun. I think he likes it. Energi- I think he could be energized yeah. for him, by sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they do for fun, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I could see the name. Like, I could mm-hmm. see that if you're looking into all of that, yeah. yeah, the energy and all that, that makes sense. I'm glad you brought up the entitlement thing because, like, when I think of, like, who is Nicole, like, and things that you could share on this podcast, like, we had talked about before, like, Nicole is our identity person. Like, <laughs> we could like, we could go there. Like, but that was, like, your mantra in yeah. college, and I feel like it still is today, but not as, like, overtly. Yeah. That's just, like, who you are. You just have always been that way. Like, I feel like all three of you, your sisters included, like, yeah. they, you all just, like, know who yeah. you are. Yeah. Where does that come from? I do think some of it is, the first thing that came to mind was my dad has always been very quick to, like, in different situations about whatever, problems with friends, relational people issues. He's very quick to just say, if someone's not a believer, he'll just say they're lost. Hmm. Like they're like it's very simple to him mm-hmm. if someone mm-hmm. is walking with Christ or they're not what the problem is, mm-hmm. and so I do think it probably started there, mm-hmm. and I also think we, um, I mean, not that we're like psychic or something, but I feel like we can just see through crap with people to know like that's not who you are or mm-hmm. or you know I think in back to work like in work situations with people who I'm like I can what is up with this person? Like, one day, they're really great at their job, and then the next day, I'm confused about what they... Like, I'm very caught off guard by how they... Carry themselves. Yeah, did something. Mm -hmm. And I have to... Sometimes I just get caught up in the face value, and I might get frustrated with them or whatever, but then once I've had time to reflect and think about it, then, like, they just don't... Like, I think they don't know who they are, or, like, Mm -hmm. they don't know... You realize that... A lot of people, yeah, uh, you know, on the surface level, we would call it confidence or lack of confidence. But I think that actually comes from knowing who you are. But how did you, how do you feel like, I mean, that is true if it's like, a, especially all three of you, like, how do you feel like you arrived at the point so well of knowing who you are? Because I do feel like regardless of where your faith's been or spirituality mm-hmm. or anything like that, that has always been like mm-hmm. true for you. Mm-hmm. How, why do you think that is? I guess I don't know how to be anything else. <laughs> got to take some parenting lessons from your parents because apparently yeah. I mean I, I think I do think a lot of it is not to over spiritualize it but it's the sovereignty of God and different prophecies and moments that where I've experienced him in a real way and asking questions like I'm very curious and my sisters are also very curious and we ask questions a lot and so I think it's like wondering and asking whether as children to our parents things about life or ourselves or as adults in conversations with the Lord and so asking questions you feel like has even built your identity more a better foundation for your identity. yeah I find that interesting because I think a lot of mm-hmm. people are really afraid yes. to ask questions about their anything. yeah themselves their faith their anything 
because they might topic. lose right. what they think their identity is. So I find it interesting that you actually I just think that always it. have trusted that no matter what the you kind of always know what the answer is, but you have to like go through a process sometimes to get there. Like we were talking about process. Really so I think that's why I've always I shouldn't say always. There are definitely scary questions to ask or that you don't really want to go there at a certain time. But I just always have had this like baseline, like no matter what, I know at the end of the day, this is my foundation. And like, I know the answer is Jesus. And Mm -hmm. so I can ask this question because that's However I get there or whatever he teaches me, that's still going to be the answer. That's mm-hmm. not changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I find it, like, for how disciplined you are, it's interesting because then I feel like that correlates to almost just, like, a belief you have that you got yeah, us the same way. It's, and I think it's, um, it's like the Enneagram one right and wrong thing again. <laughs> yeah, because right. it's just, like, I just was taught this is the way it is and I accepted that. And I think that also goes back to some of the things we were talking about with work and starting work. Like, if you tell me something is what it is, I'm probably actually not going to push back on it. Mm. That's so real. Man, that's the opposite. If my boss is listening to it, he'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. You should push back your phone. If my boss is listening to it, she's going to agree. And I say that lightly because (laughs) I do. (laughs) She is going to (laughs) agree. Now that I'm saying that, like, I do, I definitely enjoy if I but if I think it's wrong, I will push back. On. Right. Like yeah. so, I think that's the thing. That like I sense. will definitely get into debate yes. or discussion. But if but if I don't know the answer, so like think of being a child. I don't know anything about life. Your parent, my parents tell me this is truth, of, like of who Jesus is and all mm-hmm. that. Like, okay, that's it. Like, and that's how I've lived my life ever since. And yeah. maybe I've thought different things about it, but I've never like. I don't know. I don't know if I can say I've actually questioned if it's wrong. Like I've questioned the different facets of it and like how yeah. I might have evolved or perceived things differently, but I've never questioned that that bottom line yeah. is wrong. I think that's interesting. That's this goes back to what we were just talking about before we before we went on air, before Jamie cued us <laughs> here. But I think that's something that I have appreciated about you even back kind of to the faith stuff is um I think a lot of people in the in this, like, it's not even 20s, but just at some point in their life, they do have this, like, crisis of faith mm-hmm. and completely deconstruct on all aspects and avenues and rebuild totally with, like, brand new material, you know, new building, everything. They're totally rebuilding out of mm-hmm. who knows what. I think something interesting that you're saying is, like, learning this balance in life of rebuilding and reconstructing with some new stuff like you said like there's mm-hmm. different facets to where you had to like challenge and ask some questions and you're figuring that out now I mean none of us have arrived but you also have this foundation of material you know wanted to go with you in the rebuild yeah. of those questions yeah and I think um but I would I mean not to get in the semantics of the analogy but I think it's a remodel yeah and I would encourage anyone else who, because I do think that's like a popular thing of like, I'm deconstructing mm-hmm. my faith it and is I'm rebuilding sure. it. Like, unless the faith that your life has been built on is like radically, <laughs> insanely wrong, like, I would encourage anyone to approach it as a remodel and not this like, I feel like we like to think of, and I don't mean to discredit for people who this is true, but I think because it's, um, we're more open about talking about this, which is great. I think sometimes if it's not the case, it's still discussed as like lifelong trauma or things that you have to undo. And maybe you, some of that, if you know you do, please do that. But if like, maybe you don't, and maybe Mm -hmm. it's actually just taking the good and still building upon that and letting, letting also letting God build upon Mm -hmm. that and change and tweak things, and, like, that's where the remodeling picture resonates a little bit no, more like than that. me than, like, tearing down the house and... <laughs> Burning it to the for, ground. Yeah. But for, buying new wood. For what some people... I can understand why some people feel like it is... that Maybe they don't have the permission to call it a remodel because mm-hmm. I don't think everybody grew up with parents where they would have even been sure. willing for them to ask yeah. questions. So I think when you're coming from that side of faith where it's like, no, let's talk about that. You're almost remodeling your whole life. Like every season is kind of a remodel. But I can see why for some people they're like now asking like, is homosexuality wrong? 
bam, my face blew up just because just cause I asked the question. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no remodel there. It's completely yeah. blown up just yeah. because I'm asking this. Yeah. And I can see that for people who, in that breath, really never had the permission to, mm-hmm. I guess, remodel early on. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean... I don't know why I'm thinking a ton about parenting yeah. in this in this um, <laughs> episode. Just, yeah. Probably because I'm a parent, but yeah. <laughs> and I, anyone who's listening should take what I said in their own, like on with a grain of salt or in your own context. Like, yeah, it's important and healthy to ask those questions and do what you need to do. But to Anja's point, like we all have very unique circumstances sure. that determine what we need to do in our own. Mm-hmm walks yeah I so appreciate the simplicity that you have because like man I think I'm on the exact opposite side (laughs) of that where it's just never that simple and I've always been drawn to people that like no this is just it is what it is like my boss will literally be like no you just tell me if this is what you want me to believe and I'm gonna believe it and I'm like whoa yeah (laughs) wow yeah that is if you tell me you're fine you're fine (laughs) what how is that actually Mm mm-hmm a thing. So, I just, I appreciate that you carry that simplicity. It teaches me all the time. Because I'm like, I don't have to live in this complex, gray area all mm-hmm. the time. Right. And I think that's where I've found, like, even in what I do, I, I do kind of love the black and white, like, no, this is the goal. Mm-hmm. And you actually missed it because you didn't get to it. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, that's fair. Like, this it, that was communicated. And... <laughs> I knew that's what it was, and it wasn't this ambiguous thing. So I think I just often live in ambiguity. Mm-hmm. So with all of that, with all of that, like, remodeling and things like that, like, are there things that stick out to you as being, like, this was a big piece of a remodel? Like, can you think of mm, something yeah. that was, like, very challenging for you in the last, like, six years of your life, like, since college? Because, like, college in general is just, like, who the heck... Mm-hmm. Are you? I mean, you obviously knew who you were, but like most people in college, like they're just figuring it out, and like yeah. obviously you were too. But like, where can you think about specific things, or do specific things come to mind? Yeah, that, that were challenging for you that you walked through. I think something that is like a continuous thing is knowing what my responsibility is at different phases of life. And being really clear on that and then not feeling guilty about what it's not. So for what I mean by that further is I think in transitioning to like post-grad life, I think, again, with the picture of being in a Christian community and before that just being in high school and at home and youth group and all of that, I had this view of like all the things that you do outwardly that are like what is a faithful and fruitful life, like very regimented Devo time and church and small group and witnessing to people frequently and naturally and going on outreach and going on missions trips, like all the things that like, it's so crazy that we were, and cool, I'm really grateful that we were able to Mm -hmm. do all that, but that's actually what I think I needed to resonate more deeply with that like that actually isn't reality mm-hmm. in the real world mm-hmm. yeah that's true to be able to do all those things like mm-hmm. you can't manage that yeah mm-hmm. and I had those expectations for myself to like be the type of person mm-hmm. who still did all those things mm-hmm. and then when I didn't because jobs are tiring and just like taking like if you want to have a full-time job, and by the way, if you're in a job that's, like, a career, it's probably more than 40 mm-hmm. hours a week. Right. Take care of your body and work out and cook a legitimate meal and rest. Like, that's kind of, like, all you have time <laughs> for after college, yeah. which is crazy because you, like, pack... Somehow we, like, pack so much in our schedules in college. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, um, and then you had the benefit of, like, you were just doing what you did in community, so you didn't even really have to be intentional about friendships yeah. because you just were doing all those things. You didn't even have to be intentional about, like, serving or giving back. Because, right. honestly, you that, just were, likewise, like, yeah. that was just in your community. Yeah. yeah, and so I think my, like, long-winded answer to that is just processing, like, some guilt and then also, like, okay, what is the Lord asking of me? Mm-hmm. And feeling like I just need you know, the thing we were 
talking about earlier, realizing like my growing up years and college years, I was working on my faith, which I think was great. Like, I'm glad that that was, there was so much instilled in me. And then having this pivot of now in being a young professional, like putting that faith to work. So Mm -hmm. maybe I'm not like doing all of those things, Mm -hmm. but I'm again, walking with Christ in where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And like the thing that I remember the Lord spoke to me early on was like, glorify me where you're at. Mm -hmm. And so bringing him glory as much as I can where I'm at, like that was, I felt like that was the mantle at that point. Yeah. It can be, I think very guilt-ridden in like the Christian circle to like, you're not doing enough or even other Christians sometimes want to guilt Mm -hmm. Christians of like, you're not doing this, you're Probably not most that. of the time Christians to Christians. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> and um, I think I love that that is like kind of a pivot point for you, but also just like this level of like, okay, fine, but what does obedience in my mm-hmm. s- season and in my time and in my circle look like mm-hmm. here? Because you just, you never know how that's going to pay off. Right. Like. And then if you get married, that's a whole nother responsibility. Yeah, like that's, it's like my back to the simplicity like it's like I want to I feel like my especially right now so transitioning to today I feel like my job in terms of me personally and my responsibility as a believer is be Christ in my workplace which that's hard like we're human so like that's a that's a thing in and of itself love my husband as best as I can also hard yeah and then love the people that God has put in our life as friends so like those are all three really big jobs outside of my like job job. (laughs) And so thinking about on top of that, the pressure I put on myself to like do those on paper things, I just Mm -hmm. had to take that pressure off of myself and I'm, it's very freeing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Add kids to the mix too. And then you really, you're just blow up all the things. So (laughs) just survive, eat, (laughs) sleep. Not that I don't, which I, I do think it's important as we go through different seasons of life to still evaluate, like, can I can I figure out a way and discipline myself to get those things yes. as a part of my life? Like, I, I very much still value those things. That's definitely not what I'm saying. But I just didn't, I decided not to feel guilty when I couldn't do them. Yeah, that resonates with me a lot because I think for me, I can get very like attached to things that I'm around a lot and I think that's true of anyone you always hear that saying it's like you make time for what you care about kind of thing Mm -hmm. where it's like I I worked in missions for like four years and it was like I couldn't see a world where that wasn't a part of it yeah and then I left and it was like I wasn't doing missions anymore and it's not that I still don't care about that and I mean like I donate and support people that that do it on a regular basis but Mm -hmm. like I evolved and and grew to be passionate about other things and Mm -hmm. I think I had a similar moment where it was like why do I feel guilty that this isn't like the thing I'm like devoting my energy and time to Mm -hmm. and I think I think when you can let yourself go of those expectations like it is so freeing to even see like how the Lord wants to use you in different ways and like it just doesn't always have to look that way and I I know I've said this before on here but I feel like one of the biggest things I learned in grad school was like the holiest thing I could do is whatever the Lord's called me to in that moment like it's not the thing necessarily where I'm saying the name of Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. audibly Mm -hmm. inherently Mm -hmm. like I can still glorify him in a job that never actually says his name Mm -hmm. and that's just how it is and Mm -hmm. that's real life yeah Mm -hmm. um so I definitely definitely understand like you your life doesn't look the same and it doesn't have to and you don't have to feel bad about that and we often take examples of other people we see and assume like we admire that and so we think that's how we should be not realizing that every person's situation is unique so like kind of a silly but helpful example to me was when I first very first graduated and was like truly living on my own um I remember my mom is like so good about like deals and coupons and things and she'll like go to multiple stores for her grocery shopping to get like the best Mm -hmm. and I remember 
telling her, I'm like, yeah, like, I just, like, went to one store. Like, I feel kind of bad. I know I'm probably overpaying for certain things. And she was like, Nicole, you have a job. Mm-hmm. You have the money. Mm-hmm. Like, I did that because I had time mm-hmm. and I wanted to. Like, you don't, you don't have to have that expectation for yourself just because it's what I did. Yeah. And that was, like, so freeing to me, yeah. and I applied that to so many things in life. And, yeah. like, even what you were saying about missions I resonated with because it's, like, I don't really – sure, if I need – if I wanted to prioritize it, could I go on a mission trip? Of course. I could do a lot of different things if I prioritize them. But it's been cool to be in this season where it's, like – I mean, I'm by no means, like, super wealthy, but I have indispensable income that I can give to – missions Mm -hmm. trips or other things and so it's like I can still put value on things in different ways it doesn't have to look how I maybe thought it would right and I just want to say on the flip side of this I feel like I'm just always saying the other side of yeah you are we talk about (laughs) ever (laughs) we are really and this is this is actually not new but we're in a place where now more outwardly and because of social media we are seeing people who were living lives devoted to that and their character wasn't reflecting it either. And so yeah. I'm just like very, I can't resonate necessarily with the guilt part of everything you're just talking about because I'm like, I I don't think that's true. I think you could do everything right, like you said, on paper. Like you could do all the right things on paper and then still not go home and like love your wife and love mm-hmm. your husband. Yes. And I just don't, I do, I cannot get behind a world where that is like God's ideal way for us to live. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just it's feel like true. that's always been freeing, too, because I'm like, even if I'm doing all those things, I guess maybe I really had to wrestle with that when I was young, even in myself, was like, I know I'm doing these things, and I don't even know. I can tell when I'm half-heartedly doing something. Yeah. I can tell when I'm just doing it to please others, and I can tell when I'm only convicted because somebody else is trying to push their convictions onto me. And I don't think that that ever produces fruit or necessarily like a long-term kingdom mindset for you, for yourself either. So I just think if you need another... I'm not, like, trying to relinquish anybody from ever, like, doing anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we love missions. I we, love, are, yeah. we are it missions would be people. very bad for me to say I don't love missions. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I do, but I'm just, I, I have learned on this journey of kind of all the things you guys are talking about, too, but in some different ways, that even if I did all those things, I wouldn't be any different of a Christian if my character True. and right. my devotion to Christ yeah. still looked like exactly like what it does without that so um first things first yeah honestly and I just think we're living in a world that's starting to glorify everything you do and I'm kind of grateful that we're seeing some people fall because clearly it's not everything you do it's Mm -hmm. actually the things that nobody sees even if you can recite the best doctrine you could still live with a really low character and I also think that character can only grow out of that devotion too so not out of all your good deeds so I'll just say, totally agree, but just want to throw the other side yeah, out there, too. Yeah. If you're somebody who struggles with that, mm-hmm. um, I don't think it, that that always means that it's a huge reflection of our life with Christ, either. Couldn't agree more. Well, we are coming up on the hour here. Nicole, do you have any, like, final thoughts that you want to say to, like, round out anything, or do you feel like you've covered everything? I don't want to lose the opportunity, but I can't think of anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think just... Don't worry. Just continue connecting with the Lord. I mean, I, I kind of hate saying that. It sounds cheesy. But, like, just do the things that you do in life to commune with God. And don't stop doing that. And it, it will evolve and change. And just don't worry too much. The simplicity, folks. <laughs> Again. We had to bring really a simple one on. Yeah. <laughs> well... We always end, obviously, you know, um, what's trending in your world right oh, now. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I'll tell you what's trending. When I told my sister that you had asked me to come on, she was like, did they ask you to talk about Taylor Swift? <laughs> <laughs> we could, that could have yeah. been, uh, like, So, the obviously, two. I mean, at probably any given point of life, Taylor mm. Swift is trending for me. So, <laughs> this might is true. be a cop-out answer. Even though she did just announce the re-record of Fearless, which is the album that like really solidified my fanship, <laughs> amazing, and made me a forever fan. Also, dermatology TikTok is really trending for me right now. Lots of I'm Nicole's a, a big lot of, TikTok. Nicole's I'm a big, a, TikTok. big TikTok low key person. like a little Gen yeah. Z girl. Yeah, yeah. she's got right. you have like a tie dye suit. Oh yeah, uh-huh. suit. Oh my Sweat god, sweatsuit. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. yeah. 
We're um, educating what is it? What is a dermatology TikTok? So, like, you know how when things are trending on TikTok, it'll be, you know, like, over the summer, it was, like, Hamil Talk. Lots of Hamilton TikToks. Mm-hmm. Hamilton Talk. Swift Talk. For I don't. I don't think she knows. Okay. 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 I, yeah. So, like... If something is really popular at a certain point on TikTok, you'll just add that thing before talk to say, like, oh, have you made it to Swift Talk yet? Okay. So, right now, Derm Talk is on my feed a lot. So, but, it's like, but what is So, it? like, dermatologists being like, this is the drugstore stuff that yeah. you should never put on your face, and this is the good stuff. Right. Like, skincare. It's literally yeah. like skincare. Yeah. 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 Okay. Or, like... Dermatalk. Like, some... Uh, TikToks of them, like, actually doing different treatments and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, there are, for any of the TikTok haters out there, there are some life hacks. Life hacks? On TikTok. And honestly, people who, I feel like the TikTok haters TikTok. are the ones who are like, it's all girls dancing in tube tops. Like, no. You need to develop your For You page to actually be ed- good educational content. We should have like, saved the last 30 minutes, actually, to talk to <laughs> Nicole and what's trending. There is, there is talent Let's cut some other stuff out. and knowledge on TikTok. I'm also kind of here for the dancing. Like, I think Right, I cool. mean, the dancing, that's part of the talent. But I mean, you know, we tried yeah. to get Jamie and, mm-hmm. and Nick Lauren. And you did. And, and we me. did, actually. Yeah. I don't know if I we do, ever Yeah, don't get me wrong. Publicly. I love the dancing, but I think people just think that that's all it is. But there's some... Great variety. There's, like, design hacks yeah. on, like, I found, yeah. like, stuff on, like, for design I, stuff. Did you, did you still have it? I thought you deleted it. I have it, but I oh, try like not go on it a lot because I actually do look at the videos the most. It's addicting. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. And it eats up at my, you know, social media time uh-huh. on my phone, mm-hmm. and so it's a, it's a whole thing. But yeah. I have learned that, like, like work-related stuff I have found very helpful mm-hmm. on there. Like, tandem. Interview tips. Interview tips, yeah. Random mm-hmm. stuff. It's really cool. I... I'm not gonna get it. I don't need another thing, but I have. The I'm gonna is, send you. I'm gonna send you the it's design. It's not one. another thing because, like, to me, it's almost a form of entertainment. It's not really a social media. Is how I feel about so, like, it. You would you would be on TikTok instead of watching TV. One hundred percent true. I agree, and I like and I watch TV. I feel like more often than not, I'm just like watching music videos on YouTube. I don't know what that says about me, but that's what I do. It says you're almost 30. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> Bring it on. It's like you miss MTV that's or something. True. I want to I want to be clear, one of the best things I learned from You miss MTV. <laughs> one of the best things I learned from missions um, is unvoiced expectations always go unmet. So I'm setting mm-hmm. the expectation right here. We will be taking a trip for my 30th birthday. Oh, I want you both I can't to just wait. put that on your calendars if you don't know the day. Okay. We're not friends. I know the day. It's a Saturday, mm-hmm. so I'm ready. Please be ready. I am here for it. I'll be ready. Okay. Anch, what's trending in your world? <laughs> the show on Netflix I was telling Firefly you about, which we've never talked about yet since you watched the first episode. Yeah. Firefly Lane. I have things to say I about have this. things to say, but I don't know. I just, after every episode, I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm never watching it again. Mm-hmm. Next night, it's on. I'm <laughs> watching it again. <laughs> it is the most, like... What did I say? It's It has a lot of emotions to it. Yeah. People have said I would like it because it's sad, and I'm like, okay. Okay. Number one, deep down, you love that. <laughs> Let's just say down. it. Number one, you love it. Okay. Number two, it's not only sad, and that's what throws me off. Like, This Is Us, just freaking sad. I'm not going to cry. I stopped watching This Is I Us. I couldn't. I'm not, I watched two episodes, and I was like, I I'm not watch it. doing this. You're, you're proving all of our points, <laughs> by the way, about it being sad. This one is, like, it's weird. It is it is very sad, but then it's also kind of, like, nostalgic, especially if you, like, grew up with, like, a best friend who, you know, you still, like, are friends or keep mm-hmm. in touch with. So there's, like, some nostalgia, but then you also kind of, like, want them to win yeah. and, you know, her just not be depressed anymore yeah. and not die. And, and I just, I don't know how I feel about it, but I would love the feedback from anybody else who has watched Firefly Lane. It's on Netflix. I do... Um, love that Catherine Heigl. Yeah. I feel like I was going to say her name wrong for some reason. I really like her, and that's actually why I started watching it. hmm But, man. Did you finish the first episode? Yeah, I think I watched the first two. I don't even want to talk about the content. I want to talk about the production. Okay, no. I'm I just, still trying to just figure out the freaking storyline. I just, I just want to say, like, it, there's this weird, like, fog or, like, sapia because tone they're trying to the let you know thing. when they go back I know, in time i know i, I i'm gonna watch it because it's like, like a I, flashback i need another drama in my life clearly oh it's a drama but i just 
And I love Kristen Hanna, who is an author, so it's based off of one of her books, which I haven't read, but it just, like, the production of it, I was a little like, this is not great, but I'm going to watch it. So. I think the more you watch it, the more you'll see that it is, like, intentionally flashback-oriented. Yeah. And I think also meant to be very symbolic of how they grew up. I, I don't I think there's some imagery in that. Mm-hmm. Okay. We well, really could have spent probably 30 minutes only on the entertainment side of this stuff, but... Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I could do like a bonus on pop culture. I'm trying to do bonus like YouTube videos, but mm-hmm. I can't get freaking Jamie here to use her camera or want to record us. Or anything, I'm just so. saying I don't want to edit that. <laughs> That's what I do for a living, and it's, I just need a break from. I'm that. gonna learn. Okay, whatever. I'm gonna learn. I'm okay. Gonna be, I'm anyway, gonna be honest. I don't. That's mine. I'm. We're gonna finish recording, and I'm gonna remember exactly what I was gonna say for what's trending, but I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. So, um, I'm just going to say, I've been following Annie F. Downs for a couple of years now, ever since she wrote Remember God, and it just, like, really spoke to me. I was so proud. She just she just wrote a book, and it just came out, and she's been, like, disappointed every time she's written a book because she's never made it to the New York Times bestseller list. Well, she did. Oh, she did? And I feel oh, like a her. friend because <laughs> I'm, like, so proud. Like, I just, when she announced it, I was like, man, good for her. <laughs> You know, so I did. It, you have to do like all the all the like tricks and like hacks to get like the bestseller list is a very complicated, way more complicated than you would think. Yeah, it is such a process. If I ever write a book, oh, you you got to really go through the hoops. Yeah, yeah, and it has to be like the right person. And the amount of comments is crazy. And I I mean like the book is called that sounds fun, and I I don't really that doesn't really appeal to me in terms of like fun. Like I want to have fun, but it usually you I heard like how we read. laughed when Nicole said the thing about fun earlier, right? So obviously, <laughs> but I bought it because I'm like I'm a fan of her, and that's good marketing. Did you read it? I just started it. Okay. I'm on like page two. Is it really just about fun, or is it like? More? Well, I think her whole goal is like she wants people to like find fun in their own way. So she like her her goal is literally to, for people to like buy out Hobby Lobby and things like that because they're like picking up new hobbies and stuff. <laughs> so. Just a different take on it, I guess. Okay. Yep. So, well, that sounds fun. It. I'm going to recommend it, even though I have only two pages in. There you have it. Nicole, thanks for joining us. Thank you. It was it's fun. fun. <laughs> Quick, right? Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> okay. All right, see you next time. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And let us know what you thought of today's episode by tagging us on social media. This is Trendish, and we'll see you soon.